Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, and I'm glad to have you gathered around God's Word with us today. We'll begin chapter 4 in 1 Peter this morning. I really would hope that you would get your Bibles unless you're working or you're driving or you can't, and follow along with us today as the Lord will desire to, and he will attempt to impart truth into our hearts so that he can find our feet walking in the truth. We need more than just to hear the word. We need to be doers of the word. For if we only hear and do not do the word, the, the word of the Lord tells us that we are deceiving ourselves. So he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, comes to impart truth so that our feet can be found walking in truth. And the Bible says that our Lord finds no greater joy than to find his people walking in truth. Praise God for that. Again, this is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We're here on Friday mornings. I'm sorry, Monday and Friday mornings now at 9 a.m. Central Time doing Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We are presently in 1 Peter chapter 4, and this is going to be part 1 of this fourth chapter today. You can find these left on the Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page where they're broadcast live. And later on, after we're done, we always upload everything we do to our YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. I encourage you to go find the YouTube channel and subscribe to it for there. All of our worship services are there, and even you can watch them live on that YouTube channel as well as this Crossway Church of Queen City, Texas Facebook page. And so there are other avenues as well, and uh, there's a lot going on right now. There's a fire of God spreading across this land with great joy, about the, the joy that Jesus endured the cross for us to be able to have. And I'm telling you, there is a great fire burning right now. God is awakening those that will be awakened in these last few moments before he pulls the curtain on this age as we know it. We are living on fumes right now at the end of this age. And God is revealing the truth of his son and what he did for us at Calvary. That in that avenue we find everything that we will ever have received of the Lord. That we will ever have needed of the Lord through that avenue alone, our union with our Savior in his death, will we experience everything that God's will has called for in our lives here and eternally. Hallelujah. So, again, this is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 on this 12th day of May, 2023. So, the Bible here tells us, For as much then... That's, that's an important word. For as much, for as much as you will be willing to look at, recognize, accept, learn about, understand, for as much. We just read past words like that, like, like they just there. No, that word really is important. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, 
for as much as you recognize that, accept that, for only as much as you recognize he's referring to the cross, only for as much as you accept that as your payment that he paid for your deliverance from sin, for as much then as you recognize and you'll see today that your faith must remain there and be and you be in the fellowship of his sufferings for as much then, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, only when you recognize that will you be able to understand and begin to walk in this arming of yourselves likewise. Arming yourselves like what just like he did, arming yourselves likewise with the same mind. Now we understand that the Lord has told us as Christians we're to all be of one mind. Philippians 1 and 27. Write it down, make a note, look at it. The Bible there says we're to all be of one spirit, one mind. And how does that happen? How does that happen? He tells us. He tells us in that same verse, 27 of Philippians chapter 1, to be found striving for the faith of the gospel. That, that's what, If we're not striving for that, we can't be of the same spirit. We, we, we can't be even found drinking of the same spirit. Even though we began drinking of the spirit when we were born again, but if that's not where we keep our faith, if that doesn't remain to be the object of our faith, we're no longer drinking of the spirit, so therefore we are not of the same mind in our condition, in our experience. We are in our position, but we are not in our condition in our experience if the object of our faith is not what allowed us to be armed to begin with. It must be, you know, the biggest problem that I had and all Christians have had or still do have, the biggest part of all Christianity still has this problem, and that is we we, we're saved, we receive our Savior's forgiveness, and then we move on in our own strength. That's why God says he forbids that we glory in anything other than the cross. And, and, our, and our flesh is so lustful and greedy after doing something to be recognized and, or to be honored by men or to all these things. I'm talking about all Christians, all of us. It's there. It's never-ending striving against the flesh and the spirit. It never will end until we're with Jesus and our eyes behold him. That's what the Bible teaches. But we, we're going to see today that not only... Did we start at the cross, but we have to live with our faith there in the death of Jesus because if we don't, what we're about to read today is, is not going to be the experience of our lives. It cannot be. And we'll see that, you know, uh, this, this place that we're about to study in the Word of God, which is speaking of Christ and His sufferings for us at the cross in His death, is the only place the weapons 
that God has given you, you'll find that are without your flesh, without your carnality, but they will be found mighty through Him to the pulling down of every stronghold in your life. But it's only as you and I learn that we don't go on from the cross without the cross. And we don't go on from the cross and say that it's still the cross, but then make it everything. No, we go on from the cross with the cross, boasting and glorying only in the cross. And in that avenue, the Lord is able to teach us all the doctrines that men try to focus on without the cross. Through that avenue... We're armed and dangerous to an enemy's kingdom of darkness. Through that avenue of trusting only in Christ crucified, are we going to find these weapons? Are we going to be able to arm ourselves? And that's what the Bible here says. Let's read it. It's so beautiful today. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Because he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now, let's mention first of all that the first few words of this verse before the comma, before the first comma, is referring to Christ and his suffering and what he did in his flesh, dying for us in his flesh, suffering and dying for us in his flesh on the cross. The rest of this verse is pointing to you, giving you and I as the children of God a command, a command, not one of many ways, not multiple choice. This is a command if you are to experience the, the, the flesh having ceased from the bondage of the sin nature. Now, now let's look at this close today. Because without faith, a deliberate and conscious, I know what I'm trusting in, the death of Jesus for my pardon, and I'm believing that I died with him. Therefore, Romans 6, 6 and 7, and Romans 6, 11, that tells us to reckon yourself, account it to your situation, your account to be dead indeed unto the sin nature and alive unto God through Jesus Christ, through, right here, his suffering and his dying for you. Hallelujah. So you and I are being told to arm ourselves. Arm yourselves. Arm yourselves. Equip yourselves. You've been given, Peter wrote, everything that you need to live a life of godliness, to live and to live godly. You've, you've already been given all of that through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Here's the problem. If we go on without the cross, this, all the things that we already have been given won't be experienced. We'll be trying to experience the things of God by what we quote or by what we do instead of our trusting in our union with Christ in his suffering and in his death. Come on now, somebody. Let's look at this today. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Because he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Well, that's not talking about Christ in the end of that verse because he never, he never was in sin. He died because of our sin. 
He died because he suffered and died because of our sin. So the rest of this verse after the first comma is talking about you. It's God giving you and me as his children a command to arm yourselves. If you don't do this, Christianity won't work for you. I'm going to say that again. If you don't do what God's commanded you to do, Christianity is not going to be an experience for you as the Bible explains it, it describes it, offers. It's not going to be there. We're going to live lives of struggling and defeat, and we're going to make excuses and, 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 about all our sin. And I want you to know that happens under law. Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 say that the result of living under law is our hearts always excusing sin or uh, uh, accusing of sin, whether it's excusing somebody else, of uh, excusing their sin because I'm reaping from it according to the flesh, and when I'm no longer reaping from their sinful lifestyle, I'm not getting what I used to get out of it, well, now I'll just call the police on them. I'll accuse them. Well, or it could be self-introverted. I mean, I can excuse sin in my life uh, all of a sudden, and then something happens, and now I'm condemning myself. I'm accused. That's all the devil is behind all of that. He's the accuser of the brethren. But if I don't learn how to arm myself likewise, if, listen, if I don't learn how to arm myself with the same mind that Jesus came, suffered and died, suffered and died so that I could have that same mind. It's not just it's not just a mind of suffering, but it's the mind of Christ that allows me to experience everything that God's will calls for in my life through my faith in his suffering, in his death for me. It's not me going out and causing some self, self-induced self suffering, being obnoxious and suffering for that, being rude and suffering for that, being re- religious and suffering for that, being under the law and legalistic and suffering for that. No, it's when my suffering is the experience of my faith in his suffering, and we'll see it today, then that's the only place that I can be armed with the same mind is the suffering that he went through because of my sin and the suffering that I get to be in the fellowship of now with his suffering so that I can walk in the liberty and the freedom that's only found in my fellowship with his sufferings. That means my faith in his suffering. See, true Christianity and true biblical faith in Christ Jesus results in a partaking of the afflictions of the gospel. It results in a true fellowship in his sufferings, Philippians 3 and 10. This is so wonderful and beautiful and powerful. And it's the place really where the rubber meets the highway, so to speak, for the child of God. Because if we, listen, if we avoid suffering because of our faith, that means our faith is growing more shipwrecked. Listen, if we're avoiding suffering, that faith will always bring about those that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The Bible says that. Let me read it again. Those that will, it actually says they, they that will 
live godly. Where? Not in some church. They that will live, choose to live godly in Christ Jesus. That means your faith is in his death. Yeah, so, so, so they, sh- they shall, not they could, they shall suffer persecution. The reason persecution is not just, uh, just like it probably should be in America is because there ain't that many people in America who are actually living godly in Christ Jesus. A lot of people in church, a lot of people in the Word, but that don't mean we're living and walking in Christ Jesus. That happens only as our faith is found in Christ Jesus. That means in his death. Now, if it doesn't mean in his death, then we can't all be on the same mind, same spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Come on now. You can't, and I can't just do what I want to with the word of God. We are to be found in the fellowship of his sufferings, Philippians 3 and 10. Our fellowship with the Lord is in the fellowship of his sufferings. I want you to understand that. We're told that again in a different wording in 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, where the Bible there says, if, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And that's not talking about me and you having fellowship, although it will result in that, our fellowship, if your and my faith is in Christ properly. But the Bible there says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we, you and him, have fellowship one with another. And this is how we know it's talking about you and him because it says, and the blood will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all sin. Come on now. The fellowship we have with Christ is only through faith in his death. If that's not where our faith is deliberately and consciously located, if it's in this or in that, anything we're doing and not that which he suffered and accomplished for us in his death on the cross, listen, our worship's not even really right. Our prayers aren't right. Our giving's not right. Nothing is right. Nothing is right. And see, this This truth, this faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, him gathering his people back to the sacrifice, like he's he's tried to do that. He's tried to do that since he established the sacrifice. He tried to do that with Cain. As Cain was easing his way away (coughs) from the sacrifice, and God, almighty, faithful, and merciful, and gracious God, was literally begging Cain to do that which was right, to stay around the sacrifice, to offer that which God had offered him to offer. Listen, God is never asking anything of you to offer him anything that he's not already offered you, and that's really all he will accept, uh, that which he's offered you. And when we try to offer him something back that he's not offered us, through that one door, the sacrifice, the suffering, and the 
sacrifice of Christ, he won't accept it. He's not going to accept it. So, I mean, you, you think back about Cain, and, and you think God was begging him. That's what God has done throughout the ages. That's what he did among Israel all those years. Just begged them to stay around the sacrifice. And when they'd get away, he would beg and beseech them to come back to the only place. He could protect them. He could bless them. He could keep them. That he wouldn't have to write them a divorce, a decree of divorce. He could... He, he's, he's doing it now. And my friend, it is happening. It is the revival. It is the only revival that there has ever been or will ever be is God drawing his people back to gather around the sacrifice. Not any other thing. Not any other thing. God gets his people back around the sacrifice. That's where he can instruct them. That's where he can pour in of his spirit upon them. That's where he's doing everything. And most importantly, according to our message today, that's where we find ourselves and only in this place can we find ourselves being armed and equipped with the weapons that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus. Let me say it again this morning because it's a reality. It will be rebuked and cast aside by the multitudes. And I'm talking about the multitudes of those who have been born again. The revival, the only place of being revived is when God is able to bring you back to the place he made you alive to begin with. Life only comes out of death. Life only flows out of death. The river of life only flows out of death. When Jesus is that seed, that seed of the woman promised in Genesis 3.15 was, was, was offered on Calvary's cross, planted in death. Those, listen, we were planted together in the likeness. That word means united. We were united with him in his death. And that's why we are rooted in him. Then we can be built up in him. Hallelujah. Colossians 2 and 7. Only as we're in a part of the root system. Mm. Only, only while we are deliberately and consciously trusting in his death are we experiencing our being part of the root system of Jesse. The root of Jesse. Oh, the, the seed had to be planted and then the roots had to be going down before the life could begin to protrude out of that death. Hallelujah. That's why the work of the cross is an ever and ever and ever deeper work of death for us that we might experience the greater and greater expression of the life of Christ in our life. This is why God forbids that we boast in anything other than Christ crucified. Oh, that magnificent, most beautiful thing that our God saw on the hill of Calvary that day, his son, humble and obedient unto death, only trusting in the one 
who judges righteously. That's what God saw, and that's what he's making us conformable unto. That's what it means by our, our fellowship being in the sufferings of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, that we're learning only there the power of that resurrection so that we can be found by our God, being made by our God, conformable to our Savior and his death. Hallelujah. Look at this again this morning. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. That same mind. You've got to be ready to suffer, my friend. You're, 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 listen, the Bible is full of what true fellowship with the Lord means. It's not just getting together with God's people and, 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 and reading a few Bible verses and singing a few songs and having a meal or two. The, 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 true, fel- the true fellowship with our Savior is the partaking of the afflictions of the gospel. Is, is that what you're experiencing or are you just going along with those who are, who are, who are moving away from where the offense is really found. Listen, when you're bringing a rebuke and a warnings in the body of Christ today, you're going to experience suffering. It's always been the case. Have you ever thought about how Jesus said the the scriptures were about him, the prophets wrote about him, but yet he also said Israel killed the prophets? Think about put that together. Put that together, if you will. Just take a minute to put that together. Jesus said the scriptures were about him. The prophets, the law, the Psalms, they were concerning him. That's what he said. But yet he said that the people of Israel, the people of God, killed the prophets. I want you to think about that. It's, like, it's just like the church today. For the scriptures to be about Christ, they must be seen in their righteous context because he is that righteous branch flowing out of who he is as the root of Jesse. See, the reason Jesus Christ is called the root of Jesse is because he is that seed of the woman that produces the roots that allows the trees of righteousness, the branches to be there. For Jesus said, you're a branch in who he is as the true vine because you're planted together in the likeness of his death and who he is as the seed of the woman that was planted in death and then the roots begin to reach for every believer, hallelujah, that will ever believe. And there if we keep our faith in that root system of God through what that seed of the woman did at Calvary, we'll be part of that root system. And the, and the, and the more we trust in what Christ did there as the seed, will we be rooted in that root system and have the greater experience Experience and expression of our Savior. But see, that, 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 that's going to always bring about suffering because the work of Christ at Calvary was him suffering. Not, 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 not that uh, to, to eliminate us from the suffering of the, the things that this world brings, but the suffering of the bondage of being under the control and domination of the sin nature. See, my friend, you're listening to me today, and your biggest problem is not the sin you're committing 
It's what's there that's got you in chains that makes you makes you keep committing that sin. That's the sin nature. And that sin nature will never be put away without the cross. Your conscious and deliberate faith. I'm trusting in the death of Jesus. I'm trusting in the death of Jesus. That's where he died for me. I died with him, and that's what I believe. And that's what I'm sticking with. That's what I'm holding dear to, that I am dead with Christ and hidden in my God. Hallelujah. That's what I'm sticking to. That's what I'm boasting in. I'm not boasting in any other thing. And when I hear men boasting of other things, the Bible says I'm to turn away from such because they have this form, but it has no power. Even though it's a form of godliness, there's no power there. There's no power there. None. Not the, No power of God. So I literally... I'm commanded again by God to turn away from such, to not be a part of such. Even those that claim they're boasting in the cross, but then they find their boast in other things. And it's there. It's obvious they're boasting in other things, more, even more so than they are the cross of Christ. And really, in a deceitful and deceptive, really the deception that's there is an avoidance of the offense. The avoidance of the suffering. But only in the suffering can we cease from the bondage of the sin nature. Only as we partake of the afflictions of the gospel, the fellowship of our Lord and Savior's suffering, will we ever find this place where we cease from the bondage of the sin nature. Amen. That's good stuff. Let's read it again. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, how much do you recognize? How much? Because for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Because... He that has suffered in the flesh, that means your faith in Christ's suffering, his death, arm yourself in his suffering. For, for listen, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from the bondage of the sin nature. The sin nature. That's what that means. For he that has suffered, because this ain't talking about Christ in the second part of this verse. The first line in this verse was about Jesus. The second and rest of this verse is a command to you. And if heeded, then the experience of what the commands of God always bring is liberty and freedom from the bondage of the sin nature. Hallelujah. Oh, how precious this is. If preachers would see it, they would preach it. If they would see it, they would preach it because most of every person in every congregation is being controlled right now on this earth, in the church, by the, by the, the, the power of the sin nature. Because most of the church don't know this. I'm talking about a massive amount. We're talking about almost all the church today does not know this. And, and many of the ones who've heard it over the last 25 or more years have heard it and now are being eased back away from it 
by the allowance of leaven that comes in. And nobody, nobody, listen, I can't blame other people for that. They're going to be blamed by God. But, that, but the warnings are going out, and specific people are even being pointed out for opening the door of leaven. Why is it so important not to allow any leaven in? Because God says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Amen. The Bible doesn't say a little bit of the truth will permeate and take over. No. It says a little leaven will leaven the whole lump, even the little part in the corner that's over here. Amen. Listen, one of the two is happening. Either the truth of Calvary is cleansing us, cleansing our ministry, and pushing leaven back out the door, and it's obviously seen by others who can watch and see. Or the leaven is saturating, and we start speaking what we do. What the Bible says we do is framing words of deceit. We, we, we change our mind about the, the, the narrowness, the exclusivity. We, we, and, and yes, and this is where the suffering, the, the offense takes place. This is, where, this, is where the, this is where people start backing away from the exclusivity, the narrowness. This is, where, this is because they respect, we, we respect men's persons. So we, 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 we fall prey to, see, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. It's a conscious and deliberate choice to either be becoming more determined to know nothing else or to not be. And when we choose not to be, then we that, that's a heart issue that causes now us to, under, the, under a deceitful deception, to start framing our words deceitfully. It happened. It's happened throughout the ages. I, the Lord showed me a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday morning, how that all those that turned away from Paul in Asia, and he said they did in Second Peter, I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, make a note of that. Paul tells Timothy, you know all those in Asia turned away from me. Why, why did anybody turn away from the apostle Paul? Because they determined not to be determined to know nothing other than Christ crucified. They determined that they would boast in some other things. And see, when that begins to happen, you'll turn away from where the determination is seen and found, and we'll start framing, the Bible says, we'll start Psalms 50, one of those verses there says that this is a process, and you reach a place where you start framing your words deceitfully. Oh, they still sound right, but they're a part of what's allowing the leaven to come in. Oh, this is so powerful. And, and it's all because of the, the avoidance of suffering, the suffering that may come because we lose a paycheck, the suffering that, because our stance for the gospel. See, we think we're standing for the gospel when we're not confronting the issues of leaven, but we're not. We're not. Because t you know, thinking that we're standing in the gospel but not dealing with the leaven, listen, there's something deceitful going on there. Because the gospel is the message of the cross. 
God's love, mercy, and grace. It is an offensive message to the flesh. And it always brings offense. And the greater determination to know nothing else, the greater experience of that offense and criticism and persecution. Amen. Because where where men begin to deceitfully frame their words, which is making excuses for the allowance of the leaven, which again, it's really a moving away from the offense, a moving away from the suffering. And when we do that, we're moving away from the experience of being as liberated and free in experience by faith as we could be. That's what this says. Let's read it again. Verse 1 in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. For as much then as Christ, he's the picture, he's the, he's the one who suffered, has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, meaning ceased from the bondage and control of the sin nature. That he no longer, this proves it, the second part of the verse is talking about us, that he no longer should live the rest of his life of his time in the flesh, in this flesh body, to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Let's read that again because it proves everything but the first line, the first few words of verse 1, everything but that is talking about us. A command and the experience and the promise. Watch. Verse 2. That he no longer, I no longer, will have to live the rest of my life in this flesh body to the lusts of men but to the will of God. Where is this going to happen? When I arm myself, when I arm myself by keeping my faith deliberately and consciously in the suffering and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, which brings me into the fellowship of His suffering, which which causes me automatically to begin to resist anything that's not this truth. Oh, it is love, my friend. It is love that you would stand. It is love that you would rebuke. It is love that you would reprove. It is love. The Lord showed me a few weeks ago, if the message of the cross is offensive, but the message of the cross is the message of God's love, then why is there such a uh, a separation between the message of the cross and the message of God's love? No, my friend, if the message of God's love If there's not an offense there, then you're not hearing the message of God's love properly. The message of God's love is the message of the cross, and the message of the cross is an offense to the flesh, even my flesh as a child of God. My flesh is offended at having to subject itself, submit itself, to be denied because of my faith allowing me to take the cross up of my Savior, Jesus Christ, in His suffering, His death for me. My flesh is offended at that. Come on now. I'm going to read some verses to you today. Some other verses I have in my notes here concerning this passage of Scripture that will 
allow us to see this, I pray it be so, in a greater light. Because we've been told to arm ourselves with the same mind. And it's the mind of suffering through faith in the death, the suffering in the death of Jesus. It's not, it's not causing suffering by what we do in the flesh. It's suffering that comes because we refuse to walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit through our deliberate and determined faith in the death of Jesus and nothing else. Nothing else. And the warning that comes against everything else. Amen. Watch this now, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. This is so beautiful. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Oh, I need to know what mind was in him because I'm told this same thing in the scripture Peter's writing about here. Watch this. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men... And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. That's talking about he was suffering, suffering and dying. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, the Lord's reminding me right now, and I pray I'm getting this right. Hebrews 5 and 7 says, speaking of Jesus, make a note, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 who in the days of his flesh, Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, in that he was heard in that he feared, semicolon, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. It didn't mean he learned to be obedient. He learned the very experience of obedience as a man would always require suffering. You understand that? Every act of obedience in a Christian's life is due to suffering. Maybe not persecution from other Christians, but your own flesh has to suffer being denied so that Christ through you can be glorified. The flesh has to suffer for obedience to Christ to take place. I hope you see that today. I hope you see it. It's so beautiful. It's so, it's so wonderful. Back to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. So now let's read. Because we've been told in verse 1 here in, 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 in 1 Peter chapter 4 to arm yourselves. Arm yourselves. You've been given through the suffering and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ all things through your faith in his dying for you, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So watch Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. And again, I hope you're taking notes today, mentally or with lead or ink on paper. Hallelujah. Put on the whole arm, the right arm. Put, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. 
And when you study Ephesians chapter 6 and you see all the pieces of the armor that you and I are told to put on, every piece of that armor is related to who Jesus became to you through what he did for you and to you on Calvary's cross. Do you understand that? That armor there that you and I are told to put on, which is also a reminder that we're not in every moment wearing it. Oh, I need to say that again. A Christian would not have to be told to put on the whole armor of God if we actually were living and walking in the experience of wearing the whole armor of God every moment of our lives. You understand that? Do you understand that? We're told to put on the new man, to put on Christ, to put on the armor of light, to put on the whole armor of God. Why do we need to be told to put these things on? Because we are not every moment experiencing this, these things. We have to be reminded. These things have to be put on, but these reminders are not something that we intellectually imagine in our minds. This is where God is allowed to take us back to the cross, our faith deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus. For when you place your faith in the death, then you are in him, in your experience here, and you are wearing him. And the new man, the hidden inner man that Peter wrote about in the last chapter we studied is able to be in experience expressing Christ. The new you is the only part of you that can experience Christ and express him through these this body that you're trapped in, this flesh body. And I want to mention something powerful today. We've got about 15 minutes left. And I want us to look at Romans chapter 6, verse 13. This is, this is a powerful scripture. A powerful scripture. They all are, amen. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. There's that word, yield, it's, it's who we're yielded to. To yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, one of the most intriguing things you'll ever see in this 13th chapter is the word instruments. The word for instruments here is weapons. Neither yield ye your members as weapons of unrighteousness. That means quit arming the sin nature to have bondage over you because it's you and I that do that by not literally, deliberately, and consciously fighting the good fight of faith, which is to strive for the faith of the gospel, which is to moment by moment keep my faith in the death of Jesus so that I can turn the other cheek when slapped, so that I can endure the persecution, the criticism, all the name-calling, all the leaven attempts to seep in and to saturate me, to move me back in the place 
of deceitfully framing words that are allowing the the leaven instead of rebuking it and casting it out. And, and listen, if if that ain't working, then I got to get up and get out. If, if that ain't if that ain't working, then I got to get up and get out. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Watch this now. Don't yield your members as instruments, weapons of unrighteousness unto the sin nature, which is what that word sin there means. It's the noun. It's the sin nature. It's not an act of sin. You don't decide today you'll love or you won't sin and then expect those things to happen. No, you decide today that you'll be determined to maintain your faith in the death of Jesus so the Holy Spirit can work in your life through that new law, new covenant law. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus can now deliver you moment by moment from the power of that sin that's Unto death. That's sin nature. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Don't yield your members as weapons of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members, this body, as instruments, weapons of righteousness unto God. The members of your body either have an outward expression are being used as weapons of unrighteousness under the law, the works of the law, working yourself to death to try to please God instead of maintaining your faith in the death in the only thing that has ever pleased God. God God cannot be pleased without faith. And the only faith, there's only one, Ephesians 4 and 5, the only faith that pleases God is the faith of the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. That's why it's paramount that you stop listening to preachers that refuse to open the Bible and point to Calvary. They're not a part of the last day's revival. They are not a part of the last day's revival. Those that are ministers of righteousness open their Bibles and they point to the work of Christ, which was the work of righteousness at Calvary. And righteousness is our deliverance. It is our only defense. It is our only deliverance. Let me read three Bible verses to you from the book of Psalms. And I do pray, and I pray, God, help these people. Help me to dig deeper for the greater truth that's laying there awaiting as treasure for our finding them so that we can find our feet walking in the truth on the path of righteousness to experience a greater liberty, to experience a greater freedom in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this now because weapons of righteousness delivered from our, our, our flesh being weapons uh, of unrighteousness unto the sin nature and its domination and us fasting for deliverance. And it ain't happening, honey. If you think it is, you're deceived by the deceitful sin nature. Read Romans 7. That's what's happening to those who are declaring that they're saved or delivered by anything they do. That's the deceitful deception of the sin nature. And Paul said, while he was trusting in the law, he was slain and died. See, see, if we're trusting in anything we're doing, that's not what Christ did. That's what we're doing. 
And you might say, well, no, no, it's what the Spirit of God is doing. You're still not called to trust in anything that's happening in your life. The only place for faith is in the death of Jesus. And when you move away from that reality, my friend, you move, you move away from the place of where you can arm yourselves with the weapons that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold in your life. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Psalms 31 verse 1, write these down. We'll move rapidly through these three scriptures in Psalms, and there are many more. Psalms chapter 31, verse 1, in thee. Oh, there's the cross right there. There's the cross right there. Because there is no in him, in thee, without believing in the in place. You were immersed into the death of Jesus when you were born again. Romans 6 and 3 tells you that truth. Watch this. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed, here it comes, deliver me in your righteousness. See, there is no deliverance outside of the work of righteousness in the death of Jesus. That's why you ain't going to deliver yourself by fasting. The Spirit of God, let me say it, the Spirit of God is not going to deliver you from your sin through your fasting. Why? Because it's something you're doing. Fasting is to draw near to God, to be closer to God, to set your mind on God, to, to push these things out of your life. But if you want to read the tr God's true definition of fasting and what He will see if fasting is correct, read Isaiah 58. You'll see there His definition, His fruit, His fruit of a true fast. Make a note. Don't go there now. Finish the broadcast. Go later. Isaiah 58 tells us what he will see if the fast is true. And what you read there in Isaiah 58 can only take place if one's faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. Only in the sacrifice of Christ. So watch this now. Again, Psalms 31, verse 1. In thee, that speaks of faith in the sacrifice, for there is no other place for your faith to be other than in the Lord, in the promise of the Redeemer, in His death. Amen. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. That's powerful. Now again, there's two more scriptures and there's more. I just brought three to the table this morning that speak of our deliverance being the righteousness of God. Our defense being the righteousness of God. Does the Bible say guard your heart with all diligence for out of it come the issues of your life? That's another reason you and I are told to put on the whole armor of God. What is that breastplate? The breastplate of righteousness. Where is it placed? Over the heart. Guard your heart and don't let anything, don't look at God's word out of its righteous context. Don't be listening to ministers that, that don't open the Bible and point to where the righteousness of God is declared from, where it's offered from, where it's delivered from. Hallelujah. Watch this, Psalms 51 and 14. Deliver me, we're talking about deliverance from this sin nature. All Christians need to be experienced a moment-by-moment -moment deliverance. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, we've been delivered. We've been saved. 
but we need to be experiencing that salvation, which is the experience of a greater and greater deliverance from my real true problem, which is self. Watch this, Psalms 51, 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. The psalmist, because he'd killed so many in battle and war and, and even through sin, lustful sin, he says, deliver me from blood guiltiness, from be this guilt of shedding blood. Oh God, you, God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Micah says this, I believe it was in chapter 7, verse 9. I may have that twisted around. Make a note, check it out. But the prophet Micah says, when you have brought me into the light, I will behold your righteousness. Oh, doesn't that confirm what the light is that our Savior is walking in? If we walk in the light that he's walking in, our fellowship will be one with another. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, what light is he in? The light of his righteousness. Offered to you from Calvary's tree, hallelujah, through the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. Watch this now. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness because his righteousness is our salvation. It is our deliverance moment by moment. Last one, Psalms 71, verse 12. I'm sorry, Psalms 71, verse 2. Psalms chapter 71, verse 2. Deliver me in, in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Where? In his righteousness. In his righteousness. Why are we talking about righteousness? Because if we're going to arm ourselves likewise with the same mind that Christ had? What mind did he have? Let's, let's turn over there as we close. Let's, let's, uh, let's go back to, or is it 1 Peter? Yes. Go back to the second chapter of this same book letter, 1 Peter chapter 2. This is where we'll close today. We've got about two minutes Verse 21, every word in the Bible will be confirmed with two or three other witnesses in the Word. And here we are again, moved by the Holy Spirit this morning to see these beautiful truths offered to us to be imparted to us that our feet may be found walking in these truths. Watch. 1 Peter 2, 21, for even here unto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Write it down, Psalms 85, 13. Righteousness went before him that we might be set in the way of his footsteps. His footsteps are the footsteps of righteousness. Righteousness always brings about suffering of our flesh and suffering from the criticism and the persecution of others' flesh. Watch now, verse 22. Jesus, who did not sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judges 
righteously. There's that word again. Are we committed to our God who judges righteously? If we are, then we'll find where that judgment of righteousness was offered, declared, offered, and only imparted and experienced by the child of God if we're willing to become more determined than ever before to fight the good fight of faith, which doesn't mean all the things we've been taught it means. It means to keep your faith. Fight to keep your faith in the death of Jesus. And in in spite of all the suffering that will come, you must cling to that faith, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered and died for you. That must be your mind. Your trust is in his death. You are united with him by faith in his death. You only walk in resurrection power to show forth the power of his death. That's what the Bible teaches, my friend, and that is where the revival is found today. That is where God is reviving his people. He's not doing it anywhere else. He's not doing it anywhere else. Anything other than the message and the focus of Calvary's Lamb, there will be no revival except that of the sin nature. The sin nature. So we need to remember these things. It's been a wonderful, wonderful broadcast today. I hope that you've been encouraged, edified, and the light has become brighter for you because the promise of our God is in Proverbs 4 and 18, that the path of the righteous, the path of the just, shall shine more until that perfect day. God bless you. I love you. And I'm thankful for every one of you who have heeded the wake-up call and the call back to the place of your first love and you're learning what that really means. And I'm thankful for all of you who pray for us and all of you who or stirred by the Lord to sow into this ministry, even financially, to help us do what the Lord has called us to do. And you become a part of that by praying and by sowing into this ministry. And if you've not done that and the Lord stirs your heart to do that, you can easily do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. Don't forget to check out the store. Click on the store icon on the website. Angel Peace's music CD is there. There's 12 or 13 books, commentaries that I've written. And this is all we're going to be found talking about, my friends. This is all God's ever been talking about, my friends. And I want you to know that. That's for true and for real. And this is where the revival's taking place. You can find more of that literature there on the website. And I just encourage you to join us every Monday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time or go and watch later on this page when you can. Make a note to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, so that when we put something on there live or we or, or, or in, in the archives or we go live, you'll get an alert. You don't have to watch it then, but you'll be, have a reminder that'll pop up to tell you there's something there new for you to watch. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.